Presbyterian, very different uh, service for us today, but we're so thankful that we can still gather. And we're thankful that um, God is not scared of separation and distance uh, between us, social distance. He's not worried about us, um, you know, not being able to gather here physically in this room. He can still work miracles today. He's still um, loving you today. He still wants to touch your heart and mine today. Um, and so this morning, I just encourage you, no matter what you have going on, uh, you know, maybe you got kids running around, or maybe you're on your own today, just watching on your phone, or whatever the case is, maybe you're actually watching from a different time and a different place, because, you know, you might be catching this online sometime in the future. Wherever you're at today, we want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you, and he's got something to say to you and to me today. Um, he's going to do that by his Holy Spirit uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, our values here at Faith City Church, and it's hard to believe that we're actually into week number nine of ten, so that's pretty crazy. The fall has just flown by, and this uh, morning we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit, about being Spirit-led, about how He leads and we follow, and I know the Lord has some things to say to us today. Before we do that, though, uh, at Faith City Church, we want to be praying for you. And so many of you submit prayer requests uh, online. Um, sometimes you let us know personally. Sometimes you email in. And we want you to know that we are praying for you. Um, as a pastoral staff, we actually meet every Wednesday afternoon. We talk about different things, what's happening in the church, and maybe our next sermon series. And we also intentionally take some time to pray. And we pray over the requests that come in. So two things I want to say here just at the top of the message. The first is, if you need prayer for a specific thing, please get in touch with us. You can uh, email through the website. You can send us an email if you have our email addresses. Um, and also, we have gotten um, textly working. So I think in the comments section today, if you haven't already seen it, you will see that pop up, the information where you can just text us and let us know how we can be praying for you. We want to then celebrate the answered prayer, and God has been answering prayer at this time. This past week, somebody was healed, uh, which was amazing. We've uh, had people come to know Christ. Um, there's just amazing things happening. Those who have been discouraged are feeling uplifted. So God's demonstrated his faithfulness. And so this morning, before we get into the word and all those other things, I want to pray. And I want to pray for you. And uh, if you're one of those folks that had sent us a note this week, just know that we are praying and believing with you. And so God... Before we get into your word today and what it is that you want to say to us, we pause, Lord, we pause to pray, uh, to talk to you about the things that are concerning us, the things that might be worrying us. Lord, it's kind of a different time again here in Nova Scotia and wherever people are watching from, Lord, there is that pandemic happening and that can cause fear, it can cause anxiety and challenge. And so today, God, I pray for all of the needs that might be represented by anybody watching this. God, I pray you'd show yourself strong. Just as we were singing, God, our, our souls cry out to you. You created us fearfully and wonderfully. And so, God, as your creation, we cry out to you and say, God, we need your help in different ways, Lord. I pray for those who may be looking for work. I pray for those who are having some challenges right now, maybe not being able to work um, given the health restrictions that are taking place. Lord, would you meet their needs, I pray. Lord, for those who are lonely and feeling isolated again, I pray they would sense your love and your spirit this morning. And so, God, we come to you. We look to you this morning. We want to hear from you. We all want to leave this place changed today. So would you speak to us through your word in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So this week, again, we're talking about being spirit-led. And so I'm going to read this value for you as we've authored it um, so we get a sense of where we're headed this morning. And then we're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures. We're going to pray. 
and we'll be back into worship uh, in no time. So this value spirit-led. It says, he leads and we follow. It's based on Galatians 5, Mark 1, and Acts 13. And it simply says this, the Holy Spirit leads the church, not us. The Holy Spirit leads the church, not us. That means not Glenn or I, not the pastors, not you all, not us. It's the Holy Spirit who leads. We follow him and we do our best to bring others along. He makes us fruitful. He gives us abilities and empowers our expression of Christ's love in word and in action. I want to take a moment here to read a couple of those scriptures that we just mentioned. Mark 1, it says this. Uh, beginning at verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. With you I'm well pleased. Then it says the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. And then over to Galatians chapter 5. I want to read a few verses out of Galatians 5, uh, beginning at verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law or the old covenant or the old way things were done. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're not under the law. And against these things, there is No law. And finally, verse 25, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another to envy. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, again, we just welcome your presence into this place, into wherever we are watching this message or listening to it today. We want you to speak to us. We want to get to know you more today. We want to get closer to you. We want to be aware of your presence like we were singing about a few moments ago. So come and speak. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So have you ever had to follow somebody? Have you ever had to follow someone? You know, uh, I'm a little bit older, 40 years old, and I remember before Google Maps and everything, sometimes you had to follow people. Like you get in the car, and this person, you're, you're following your friend, and they'd say, hey, you know what, just follow me, and we'll get to this place where we're going. And I'm sure you've all been there. You know, you try and start following them and doing whatever, and whatever happens, maybe you slow down or they speed up and you get stuck at a light and off they go and you're not able to follow them because you're, you're apart again. Maybe in a crowded place, you say to your family, hey, you know what, follow me, follow me as we're, you know, going through this theme park that's crowded or maybe uh, going through the airport. We've run as a family many times through the airport from one gate to another to catch a flight. We're all like stick together. Sometimes my wife Diana will say, hey, you go on ahead and just get there and don't let the plane leave. And eventually they'll come and, you know, we say to our kids, follow us, you know. The airport scene is one that makes me smile today because it's Christmas time. I know some of you are groaning right now because you're saying, hey, it's November. I know, but December is so close. 
I love Christmas. Christmas is a great time of year. And so I've already started uh, driving my family crazy with the Christmas movies. And my favorite one, it's actually a sequel. My favorite one, it opens up with a scene uh, pretty close to the beginning where people are chasing their father down the airport and they're trying to stay together. And this one particular son is falling behind. And the whole premise of the movie, the whole plot starts because they get separated because the son just can't keep up to his dad. He falls behind. He doesn't have proximity to his father to stay close and get on the same airplane. You guys probably know the movie. He gets on another airplane, gets lost in New York. It's such a great movie. Um, but you know what? That's sort of what we want to talk about today. In fact, it's exactly what we want to talk about today. Here in the scripture that we read in Mark, in Mark chapter 1, we're going to look at it again in a parallel passage in Luke in a moment. But in Mark chapter 1, it's when Jesus gets baptized And then the Holy Spirit descends on him. Let's read it from Luke here in a parallel passage of Scripture here. It says this. Now all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and saying, You are my Son in whom I am well pleased. And then in the same passage, Jesus, Jesus gets led into the wilderness, but it says it this way. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and tempted by the devil. He was led into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit descended, and Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, right? Two observations. The Spirit descended on him, and then he was full of the Holy Spirit. In terms of being Spirit-led, in terms of he leads and we follow How can we follow him if we're not close to him? We want to follow Jesus. We want to follow God the Father. We do that by hearing the Holy Spirit speak and following the Spirit. If we want to follow the Holy Spirit, how can we do that if we don't have proximity to him? If we're not close? If we can't hear his voice? If we don't have relationship with him? I think of that boy in the airport running, chasing his dad down. There gets to be distance. And when there gets to be distance, and the crowd gets in, and it's hard to follow. And I think for us sometimes that's the case. Maybe today you're not really too sure about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't really heard much about him. And that's why it's so important that we have made this part of our values. We all need relationship with the Spirit. A little bit of Theology 101 today. When we come to know Christ, and if we called out to Jesus and said, I want to serve you, I want you living in my life, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace and Jesus, I need you. When we do that, the Spirit comes upon us, comes into our heart, and it regenerates our soul, the Holy Spirit does, the work of salvation. Then apart from that, and that's what's represented in this passage in Mark and Luke by Jesus being baptized. In fact, the Bible speaks to us of baptism and how it's a necessary step for all believers. I'd encourage you, if you've got some questions about that, to let us know. But that represents the salvation part. But then there is another distinct experience. The Spirit descends like a dove, and then the Bible clearly says that Jesus was full of the Spirit. Irrespective of of where we land on the theological lines of the Holy Spirit and His moving in our hearts, we all can agree that the Spirit is speaking to us today. Some of us might believe that that all happened at salvation. We here at Faith City Church believe there are two separate experiences here, and the Holy Spirit comes and He fills us. We see in the New Testament this pattern. We see it here with Jesus. We see it with the disciples. 
The Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. We see it later on with the early church and the new converts come to know Christ, they accept Christ, and then the Holy Spirit fills their lives. We can't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit if we're not in proximity to him, if we're not inviting him into our lives, if we're not building that relationship. It's very hard to follow. As soon as distance comes between us, just like the kid in the airport, we can get separated. So it's foundational today to this message about he leads, we follow, that we understand we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be full of the Spirit, just like Jesus was, full of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we need to be topped up. Sometimes we need to get into God's presence and experience him, like Len preached last week, not just knowing him, not just having head knowledge, but actually experiencing him, being filled up to overflowing. But today the message is about following. He leads, we follow. He leads, and we follow. And we've said, how can we follow if we're not close? So we need to be filled with the Spirit. He needs to be part of our lives. But then where does he lead us? Where does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, oftentimes, he leads us to places we don't want to go. It's what happens here. It happens in the Bible many times. The word says here in Luke 4, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. That was the baptism where he was baptized in the Jordan River. And led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. The Holy Spirit leads us to places that we don't want to go naturally, necessarily. He leads us to places that we don't want to go. He leads us into the wilderness. You know, so many of us um, are aware that God has called us with a purpose and with a plan, that we're fearfully and wonderfully created with a unique design. We talked about this here at Faith City Church, that um, when in speaking about our values, it's about our unique design. It's not that our church is any better than any other church, but we are unique. Just as individuals, we're unique and different. And God calls us with unique purposes. And in order to achieve those purposes, in order to get to where God wants us to go, in order to achieve the vision that we might have or the mission that we might have, in order to get there, we've got to go through the wilderness. And it is where the Holy Spirit will lead you and me. And he'll lead us there time and time again. You see, we don't go through the wilderness and never go back. I believe that the wilderness is part of the process of life. It's part of this journey here on earth, the wilderness we got to get good at being in the wilderness. The Spirit wants to lead us there. We see this pattern in the Bible over and over and over again. Abraham was led to a place that God was going to show him on the way. Didn't know where he was going. Led to a place where God was going to show him. And then we can think of Moses and the Israelites. They were in the forest, in the wilderness for many, many years. Forty, in fact. And before that, Moses was in the desert wilderness on his own, where he was called by God, the Spirit of God speaking to him through a burning bush. We can fast forward to Elijah in the wilderness, being ministered to by God and being sustained in the wilderness. Twice, in fact, we read that in Elijah's life. There are other examples in the Old Testament coming to the New Testament. We see Jesus here led into the wilderness, 40 days, type and shadow of what God did in the Old Testament. We see Paul in Acts chapter 9, after his conversion experience, he was led away. 
He was out of there for a while. If you read it, you can check it out. To me, it's type and shadow again of the wilderness experience, of something that comes before fulfilling the purposes of God. It's not a one-time deal. God takes us to the wilderness. And so why go? You know what? I know Jesus. I'm a sinner saved. But why do I need to go? Because I want to fulfill the things that God has called me to do. And I hope that you want to fulfill those things as well. But we got to go through the wilderness. Why go, though? Well, have you ever gone somewhere, not because you wanted to go, but because someone you cared about wanted to go? Or maybe your friends wanted to go see a movie that you have no interest in seeing, but you go because you love your friends, you enjoy hanging out with them. A restaurant where you don't like the cuisine, but your husband or wife is like, we got to go check this place out. And you go because they're there. You go because they keep you company there. You go for the company. You go for relationship. And you see this call to the wilderness. Sometimes we can psych ourselves out. We get so worried about what's going to happen and how things will go. Instead, God's just saying, just follow me. Just follow me. Just follow the lead of my spirit. He leads. We follow. We want to be spirit-led. And it's the company of God that's out there in the wilderness. You see, I think some of us here at Faith City Church and anybody listening online today, if you're a follower of Christ, you might be missing out on some of the sweetest, most amazing moments in God because you are resisting heading out into the wilderness You might be missing out on fulfilling the next part of your destiny and purpose in God to shine his light all over this city and this region and this world in your unique way. You might be missing out because you're unwilling to get out into the wilderness and to hear God whisper to you about how he's going to make it all work. Our hunger for the Lord, our hunger for relationship with him will make it a lot easier to get out there with him in the wilderness, whatever that looks like for you and me. It's not a physical place for us, necessarily. Maybe it is. Maybe you actually need to get out of the city or get out of the busyness of life and just carve out some time alone with God. But it can also be a proverbial sense. It can be figurative. Maybe you're feeling like you're in a wilderness. You know what? It's okay. It is okay. We've got to stop telling ourselves that we're not okay because maybe we feel away from God or maybe because we feel dry. You are in the wilderness. And if you'll just submit to the Spirit, you will have some of the most amazing moments with God. So we've got this foundational idea that we need to be filled with the Spirit, demonstrated by Jesus and all through the book of Acts. And then we've understood today that he leads us to places that we don't want to necessarily go, like the wilderness, like those moments of refining And we want to go, if we've got a hunger for God, we'll be drawn there. So sometimes our resistance is because maybe we're not as hungry for the Lord as we should be or could be. Maybe we're filling ourselves up like my son. I'm not picking on him. He's watching today. I'm not picking on him. But sometimes he likes to have snacks and things before supper. He likes to eat this and that. And then when it comes to the meal that we want him to have, oh, Dad, I'm not not too hungry. And that's all right. We love him. And God loves you. And sometimes maybe you're just like my son, getting filled up with this and that. And so then going to the wilderness, I'm not going there. And we're not hungry for God. So we shirk off this journey that he's calling us to. He's calling you and I to the wilderness. 
I believe there are some of the sweetest moments, like I've already said, that we'll experience with God in the wilderness. The other thing that we will experience is his sustaining love, his fruitfulness, the fruitfulness that he will develop in us. It's in the wilderness. He leads us to places that we don't want to go, and he grows us when we get there. He leads us to places that we don't necessarily want to go. That's the wilderness. And in the wilderness, he grows us, and we become fruitful. We read about that in Galatians today. Galatians 5. Let's read it again. It says this. But I say to you, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's stop right there just for a moment. Some of us are stuck in a cycle of sin and bad habits and negative thoughts. Part of it is because we won't go on this journey with the Spirit. Part of the walk of the Spirit is to follow Him. We can't follow Him unless we maintain proximity to Him. And when He's leading us like He led Jesus, in fact, Mark said, the Spirit drove. It's even more active. The Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. When we won't go, sometimes we get stuck in these habits of life, trying to break them in our own strength, and God wants to pour out His strength on you. But you got to make room. you got to get away sometimes. you got to follow his lead. And maybe he's calling you to a wilderness experience. But I say to you, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, verse 18, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And this is the verse we want to consider here for a few moments. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step. Again, reminds me of my favorite Christmas movie. If that boy had just kept in step with his dad, he wouldn't have ended up on the plane. We wouldn't have had a very good movie then. Keeping in step, though, that's what God calls us to, to stay in step with the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The wilderness, like what's, what's in the wilderness, everybody? What do you see when you look out into the wilderness? Here we're in Nova Scotia. What do we see when we look out into the wilderness? Trees. Trees are in the wilderness. Bushes. Plants. You know me. I'm such a guy that knows all about these kinds of things. Not at all. But in the wilderness, you'll find trees. You'll find fruit. You may not find an orchard, but you'll find fruit. You'll find berries. There's fruit in the wilderness. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate these things, but very simply here, I believe that when God calls us into the wilderness, it is time where he grows us and he makes us more fruitful. And maybe he works on some things in our lives. The Bible compares us as believers to trees. You see it all through the Psalms and in other scriptures, that we are trees planted by the water. Trees of righteousness, the Bible says. And then Jesus talks all through the gospels about being fruitful. We're likened to trees again. And then here, Paul talks about the important aspect of the Spirit is the fruit that he develops in our lives. And it's that fruit that God will develop in our life in the wilderness that gets us to the other side of that challenging time. Things like love and joy. The Bible says in Hebrews, it was for the joy set before him, before Jesus, that he endured the punishment and the shame 
and the challenge of the cross. It doesn't say it was for prophecy or for speaking in tongues or for a word of knowledge, though we believe in those things, the gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Corinthians. It was for the joy set before him. Also in Corinthians, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, a very famous passage of Scripture, often read at weddings, it talks about love. The opening verses of that are are, are really amazing because Paul speaks about love and he draws a contrast and a comparison. You can read it later on. He draws a contrast and comparison between love, a fruit of the Spirit, and some of the gifts of the Spirit. And he makes it very clear that if I'm lacking love, I can have all the gifts of the Spirit. I can speak in tongues of men and angels, but if I don't have love, I've got nothing. You see, what I think God is doing there in the Scripture is he's helping us to see a priority. He's helping us to see the necessity of developing the fruit of the Spirit in all of our lives. Yeah, there are gifts and they're important. And when we get into our series next year on core biblical values and beliefs, we're going to talk about that. But it's so important that we have the fruit of the Spirit developed in our lives so we'll have the character to operate in those gifts. It's the character, the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to develop in your life and mine. And it happens in the wilderness. It happens in moments of refinement. And the Spirit wants to lead us there. And this is why it happens again and again. Because we come, we experience something, we come to know God in a, in a deeper way, in a certain set of circumstances, and He shows Himself faithful. And then we get out and we, we can uh, live life and live out the purposes of God on that experience, on what He's sown into our lives, on the fruit that He's developed. And then I believe when we get to the next chapter of what God's called us to do, there's another wilderness experience for us. It's a cycle. I believe. And I believe that if we can get good at the wilderness experiences, we, nothing can stop us from reaching the plans and purposes God has for us as individuals, as a local church, and as the broader body of Christ. It's in the wilderness that we'll become fruitful. It's in the wilderness that love will grow, that joy will grow. And they'll get us to the other side. Peace. You know, right now, I think more than anything in our society at this time, in the Western world, we need peace. I'm not talking about wars and physical wars and and physical peace. I'm talking about the peace the Bible talks about that passes all understanding. We're trying to gain knowledge and understand and know, and we think that knowledge is going to rescue us and get us out of the problems that we see around us. We think that innovation is going to help us solve the problems of racism and discrimination and all the things that are coming at us. But I believe it's a deep-seated peace that God wants to give us that comes from His Spirit that we can experience in the wilderness. In times of challenge, we will be fruitful. You know, here at Faith City Church, In this season that we've been in, in this pandemic, I believe God's really challenged us as a broader body of Christ, and then even us as a specific church here in Halifax. We've had to do things differently. Nathan gave a shout out to the volunteers today, and I do the same. So thankful for everybody coming together to to make this happen today. We've got to switch things around and do things differently. It's a challenging time, health-wise and with loneliness. It's a challenging time for all of us who work in different places, even for us here in the setting of the church, we've had to do things in a different way. We haven't been able to do them like we did. And in a time that you could argue is a bit of a wilderness experience, where what we know is sort of gone and the methodologies we've used aren't allowed and we've got to come up with different ways of doing things, 
It's been amazing to see how God has grown us. It's been amazing to see in this local church that as we've been in a wilderness together, we have seen the Holy Spirit drawing and speaking to people and saying, you know what, it's time to share your faith. And so we've had people out on the streets loving on folks and sharing Jesus. We've had people led of the Spirit, using some of the gifts of the Spirit under the character of God that's been developed in their life, reaching out to people. And we're seeing people come to know Christ. We've seen miracles in this time. We've seen God's faithfulness in this wilderness. And I believe it's the same for you and I on a personal level. If we will stop resisting and we'll just step out in faith and walk through that dry season and say, Lord, you know what? I want you to develop a love in my life that will get me through. I want you to develop that sense of peace that comes from you, Lord. That sense of peace will then help us get to the other side of the 40 days in the wilderness. Patience another fruit of the Spirit. We just want this to be over. We just want to get to the other side. We just want the health restrictions done. We just... And the whole time the Spirit is saying, hey, what about patience? Can we develop some of that in your life? You have dreamed about accomplishing what the Lord has sown into the fabric of your life to do. And yet God is saying, hey, hey, hey wait a sec, though. We need to work on some of this other stuff. You need to be patient. You need to let that develop in your life. I believe that the fruit of the Spirit will grow when we walk in the wilderness. Nathan and Megan are getting ready to come back, and we're going to begin to sort of land this message. And as we do, I want you to think about what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you today. You know, I brought a message, and I prepared and wanted to hear from the Lord, and I believe I've spoken with the things that he wants me to speak, but I believe he's speaking to you personally today. What's he saying? Maybe he's reminding you that there is an experience with the Holy Spirit. There is relationship with the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us like he filled Jesus, like he filled the disciples, like he filled the believers in the early church. He wants to fill you with the Spirit. And that's the foundation upon which we can then cultivate this sense of following him, him leading in us following him. Maybe today you have that foundation in your life, but you've been resistant to where the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Maybe you had this concept that the wilderness was a one-time deal, but today you're reminded that, wait a sec, yeah, I need to be developed further. I need to be more refined. I need God to develop the fruit of his Spirit in my life in a greater way. Maybe today you've been reminded that He's with you. He doesn't just lead you into the wilderness. He is with you. We read those verses in Mark and talked about the angels ministering to Jesus. I mentioned the story of Elijah. and Again, the angels come and minister to Elijah in the Old Testament. God sustains him. Read the story of Moses and then how he led the Israelites. And they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And God provided. You see, the wilderness, we're not there on our own. It's when we get to know God's faithfulness in a greater way. And it's when we become more fruitful. So hearing all that today, 
what is the Lord saying to us? Well, as, to us as a church, again, I want him to speak personally to you, and you need to listen for that. But for us as a church today, I believe that God is challenging us to follow his lead wherever he goes, that we would get used to being in the wilderness because we know that in the wilderness, he's refining, he's at work, he's demonstrating his faithfulness and his goodness, and that is going to build the faith in our life to accomplish his purposes. So let's stop resisting and let's hear from him. This morning, wherever you're at, at home, again, maybe there's noise, maybe you're watching at another time, maybe you're on your own, just looking on their phone or whatever the case may be, whatever you're doing, I just want you to stop and and listen for the Holy Spirit right now. I want us to have just a moment of contemplation. It's such a beautiful thing that we can gather together this way today. And all together, wherever we are watching, just listen, listen for his voice. Still your heart, be mindful for a moment. What's he saying to you? Is there part of this message that was more challenging for you and you know the Holy Spirit speaking? Hear him today. Just hear him today. He wants to sustain you. He wants to give you direction like he gave Moses. Moses said, how am I going to do this, God, when he was in the desert wilderness? How am I going to do this? I've got to stutter. Surely there's someone else more qualified. And God said, no, 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 it's you. You're the one I want. He's saying that to us today. You're the one I want. I'll equip you. I'll give you the fruit of the Spirit. I'll develop you, but you're the one I want. This morning as we worship the Lord, I encourage you to continue to hear what the Spirit is saying. I mentioned earlier we want to be praying for you, and we do. Feel free to text us. If there's something specific you want us to pray for, maybe a prayer request or maybe something to do with this message, text or email, call us. We're here for you. Before we head back into worship, will you let me pray? I just invite you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. God, you're speaking to us today through your Holy Spirit. And just as we prepare to sing again, to be in your presence and to worship you, we open up our hearts once again to change, God. You've been speaking to our hearts, now we want them to change. So in these few moments, as we worship, as we think, as we contemplate, God, I pray that you'd be at work in everyone's life who is watching or listening. Lord, I pray that you'd meet them right where they are today. Draw them into the wilderness if they're been unwilling to go. Lord, let them be comforted by the fact that you don't leave us alone. You're there with us. And for that reason, we can head on out there with you and get to know you better. Lord, maybe it's the fruit that needs to be developed in their life. God, whatever it is, continue to speak. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you worship with us this morning?